In a rivalry that Ann Richards would be proud of, the Houston Cougars and Baylor Bears match up again this weekend, renewing an old Southwest Conference fun game. I'm hoping both teams need one. Let's jump on into it first. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a crossover edition of Locked On Cougs and Locked On Baylor. I'm one of your hosts, Spark Rangers. I'm joined by Cameron Stewart. Cameron, how are you doing? I'm doing just fantastic. I do like that you called it like the Ann Richards game more so than like <laughs> the Art Riles Bowl or, or I don't know, <laughs> Matt Rhodes to, Bowl. We don't need to talk about our Riles. No, we, we don't. We I appreciate the Ann Richards one. A Waco native, too, so we love that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, folks, we're laughing because if you don't laugh, you cry. It's been a rough year oh, for both programs. For sure. um, we're going to talk through... basketball today. I was getting excited. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, to bring me back down. He's like, no, still football. I was like, that's, that's <laughs> the game this weekend. Gotcha. That's how we tricked him with this. So we're actually we're going to talk about all about LJ Cryer. No, just kidding. Gotcha. Mm, um, love to no. So in that episode, will come out, I'm sure, later, oh, sure. later in the year. Um, no, we need to talk about this matchup first. And then, you know, as it's been a rough year, the coaching matchup that I think uh, may belong on the ESPN plus, 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 plus Deportes all the way in the back. Um, the Ocho. The Ocho. And then at the end, we'll talk about if 57 and a half points is more team, more points than this game can actually possibly score. But first, Cameron, I got to ask you, key play, like, Football is a weird game. There are 22 players between the offense and defense. The ultimate there, team sport. There are good players on the Baylor football team. Um, frankly, they almost beat Utah. So talk me through who who's important to look out for for Houston Cougar that we might not know about on Baylor Bears. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Blake Shapin, the quarterback, I mean, that's that's the one who's probably the most noticeable, not like he's a Heisman candidate or anything, but um, that's been the most consistently good player for Baylor all season. I mean, there's been holes everywhere on the field running game, offensive line, outside receiver, and don't even get me started on the defense. So offensively, it's it's Blake Shapin. If he gets the time in the pocket, he kind of makes things happen on his own. Um, now, the the downside for Baylor is they finally had gotten some production out of Keytron Jackson at outside receiver, a transfer in from Arkansas. He's out for this game with a concussion, um, or at least we haven't gotten that confirmed, but Dave Aranda said on Monday, that's probably not going to happen. He's, he's not going to play. So it's going to be a kind of a one dimensional offense. And that one dimension that you got to look out for other than Blake Shapin, because you know, skill guys is uh Monterey Baldwin. He is the, the slot receiver. One of the fastest guys in college football. Um, he scored on a 60 yard jet sweep in the sugar bowl a couple years ago. It was like his second touch of the year. No one knew who he was. Now they know. So those are the two guys and they have a great connection. Uh, at times they look like the only guys trying on the team. Um, so <laughs> those are the guys to look out for. And I know on Houston side, there's someone we're a little familiar with, with Donovan Smith, the former Red Raider. Yeah. Donovan Smith, uh, I actually, I had, I probably should know more about how he performed against Baylor, but around the yeah. conference, people recognize yeah. the name for sure, he right? Had he had a decent game, yeah, in, in 2021. He had a good game against Baylor. Um, Dine's the guy. Uh, he's taking the snaps. Um, he's running less this year than I rem- 
than I thought we were going to get when, when he came in from tech. Um, for the Baylor, Ban- Baylor Bear fans that ha- maybe they haven't seen him or whatever in person, he is a daunting figure, 6'5", 245, 250, rushing quarterback, uh, dual threat guy for sure. He just he he uses it very sparingly this year. He's you know trying to really make reach from the pocket, and he's flustered and he'll move around the, behind the line of scrimmage some, but he doesn't go downfield a whole lot with his legs. Um, the big thing for Houston has really been he's got a trio of wide receivers that are really good, um, really really good. And frankly, if we can get him time to get them the ball, we've scored some points. Um, so I, I would say you know Sam Brown's leading the conference in yards. Joseph Manjack. Um, is a big, strong 6'4 type guy. Uh, he's got four touchdowns in the year. And then Matthew Golden has six touchdowns in the year, even though we hadn't had the yards and catches I think we thought he might have coming in. But the big flaw for us has been having time to get those guys open. I don't know. Mm, I get what's, that. Yeah. What's the yeah. Baylor front seven look like? What kind of pressure are they putting on? Like <laughs> Pressure. That's a good one. I like that. That was optimistic. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of push up front from Baylor, really on either line, but specifically on the defensive side. There's not really a lot of push in the run game or in the pass game. Uh, they had a guy, they have a guy, Gabe Hall, who's supposed to be an all Big 12 player, this freak athlete. And I mentioned on my show earlier this week, but he was excellent when there was two other guys that the team was game planning for on the line. Now that it's him, not not really uh, making much of an impact. So I think that is something that might fall into Houston's benefit this week is that there isn't much of a pass rush. And Donovan Smith, the guy we've seen before, looks a lot like TJ Finley, the guy who transferred from Auburn to Texas State and walked into <laughs> Waco and had himself a night in week one and barely busted out the run game. But he's such a tough guy to bring down. So, yeah, I, I think – I. I think there's going to be some time back there for, for Donovan to throw <laughs> is what I'm saying. That'd be a welcome change. Don't you love that when like this like brotherly welcome in the conference? Oh, here's some time. Why didn't yeah, everybody do that? Be, <laughs> we're just, we're neighborly up here. You know, <laughs> I have had never had anything bad happen to me in Waco and we're just going to keep that kindness rolling uh, for the Cougs this weekend. Right. So the chip and Joanne way, right? That's, that's the yeah. way to go about it. The Magnolia yeah. way there in Waco. Um, on the defense, you mentioned that the, it's not a great pass rush or anything like that. Again, it's an eleven-man defense. There are, you know, got to be talent somewhere. If if the defense yeah. makes a play, who is it? Yeah. So I mean, the strongest part about Baylor's defense is their defensive backfield, which is super young. So mistakes are happening, um, and this is one of the deepest receiving cores they've they've played all year. Um, but the guy that I look out for is Caden Jenkins. He's a true freshman. Um, he won, uh, I think national, but also big 12, definitely big 12. I think national newcomer of the week defensively in the win against UCF. Um, he has a scoop and score touchdown. He's got a couple picks. He's a playmaker back there. You know, he's not, he, I don't know that he's a lockdown guy just yet. In fact, he did not have a great week, uh, this past week against Iowa state, but overall he's a playmaker back there and will will get them back into games because of his playmaking. So that's the guy, um, a guy that I'm familiar with his high school. We talked about this a little bit off air, but Matt Jones, the linebacker, Odessa Permian product um, will be all over the field. And when he is not in the right lanes or if he's freelancing, you see it because he's so integral to Baylor's defense, but he's a guy who, in fact, I think he might be their best pass rusher at this point. And at the Mike linebacker spot. And he's a is- Mike linebacker. Exactly. Um, so he's a guy who can get shot out of a torpedo, make some plays mainly in the run game, which is where they really need it. 
Um, but yeah, those are the those are the guys to look out for. And I know for Houston, it's a it's a similar kind of defense, which unfortunately in this case isn't much of a compliment. <laughs> it's Sorry. a defense that's given up a lot of points. I will say I feel like it's you know schematically might be the inverse. I like our defensive line mm-hmm. a lot, um, and then our our defensive backfield's kind of coming together, hadn't played together a lot. Um, we're filling gaps at linebacker, I think. Truthfully, the the pass rush of like a Nelson Caesar, a Dot Nawanquo, uh, Chidozier, Dot Nawanquo, our guys look out for as far as you know. If you're hearing Houston Cougar names called, they can get after. That could a be bit. a big benefit. I mean, this is not a good offensive line on our end either. It's it's gotten better the last few weeks, but overall, it is very civvy, if you will. Well, and but when you mention a lot of speed at the slot receiver position, um, that that's worrisome. I will say, in pulling stuff up here on the side, it looks like you know our defensive backs are all about five nine, five ten. Looks like Monterey is only about five nine, five ten. So at yeah. least we're not getting boxed out like a rebound in that. Right, instance. right. He's he's my size with granted a lot more speed and a lot more pure muscle. But <laughs> yes, he's he's a slight lad. Yeah, uh, he can really run, is what you're saying. Oh, um, he can. I'm, I'm telling you, he's one of the fastest guys I've ever seen in a football field. Am, am I saying that he hit 22 miles an hour? So 22.8 miles an hour, something like that at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's yeah. pretty fast. He's, he's pretty fast. Pretty fast, man. Um, speaking of pretty fast, if you're looking to get some fast wins, how's that for a transition? Ooh, if you look at some that. fast wins, make sure you go to prizepicks.com um, and go through there and find all the different ways you can win a daily fantasy sporting uh, sporting goods with all kinds of like stats. They give you overs and unders for various things. You can get passing yards, rushing yards, uh, receiving yards. Any, if you think this would be a high-scoring game, because both those talk poorly about the defenses, go in and find different ways to go over and under different uh, st- statistic models. Um, they... Come in, you can get up to 25 times back your money, 25 times your money back on various uh, football statistics. A big thing, though, for prize picks is that they have this injury insurance. Uh, you can get a guy rebooted, right? So if you get a guy that gets hurt in the first half, like, oh, there goes my whole day of fantasy. It does not have to be that way with prize picks. You get your money back, it keeps on moving through. Now, all those different stat test things only get to, you know, Whatever you're gambling on, you got to go to a state that you're in, put the money down on the over and under. But if you go to pricepicks.com slash college and use the code college for a first deposit up to, you get a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first match of first deposit match up to $100. Now, I got to say, A, I stumbled through that because I'm a little nervous about the statistics here. As we move on, um, because I feel like this could be an offensive shootout, a high-scoring kind of game because of the defenses. Um, before I get into talking about our defensive coordinator, I want to ask Cam. Uh, mm-hmm. Dave Randa lost a string of games in the year last year. Yeah, he did. He had one of the Four more, yeah. you know, I think we've realized Texas State is good, but certainly sure. in weekend one, it looked like one of the more embarrassing losses of the year to start the year this year. Um, I didn't know Long Island had a football team. Yeah, you and me both, man. This is two years in a row we beat a team that I didn't know had a football program. Yeah. Um, how, are, are either one of the, are both of these coaches going to be employed on Monday? It's a great question. I'll put it this way, though, and I don't know about Monday, but I think the powder blue jerseys will last longer than Dave Aranda at Waco. <laughs> I, I do. I do. Um, and, he it's just it just feels like the end of the road with Aranda. Um 
and by no means has he been terrible, but this program is moving in the wrong direction. It just didn't capitalize on the success it had in 2021 when he came in with a lot of guys, almost the entire team as guys that Matt Rule had recruited um, and had started and given them their start. And Dave, granted, turned them into winners. They did something Rule never did, which was beat ranked teams. They did it five times in that year won the Big 12, won the Sugar Bowl, just kept taking them one step further than than Rule had. But since he's been able to bring in his guys, you know, his coaches, his players, his transfer portal uh, mantra, it has not been good. It's been going downhill. Uh, four, four losses to end, four straight losses to end last season. Um, not a good start to this season. Um, have not beaten an FBS team at home in over a year. Uh, they are one and four at home this year, which is just downright embarrassing. Um, and they haven't really been close in almost any of those games except Utah, uh, weirdly enough. But it's it's just not the 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 product that we were promised, both in identity and in results on the field. So the big question here at Baylor is whether they can afford the buyout uh, because they they signed him to a big extension in 2021 when all those top tier head coaching jobs were open and he is coming off the most successful season in Baylor history. They locked him up and now they might have to literally pay that price. So we'll see, but I know it's, it's similar thoughts down there in H town too. Yeah. You mentioned buyout. I think that's like a trigger word for a oh. lot of Houston Cougar fans <laughs> these days. Um, that's you know, our going- sport now. It's just <laughs> that's our sport conference realignment NIL buyout. That's it. Well, and and we have the head. So, in, in Dana Holgerson's case, for the Baylor f- folks listening that don't necessarily know, um, he openly admitted that he thought he had a, a bleeping impossible buyout. Very literally, is what the quote was. Um, and I don't know that he's wrong in, in doing the math on it. Uh, his contract's fully guaranteed, um, and so that means that essentially, if you were to give him the axe, you'd be paying two coaches at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they're axing him at the end of the season or not. Um, I. I feel like they're going to need to make some big changes at the end of this season. Um, so you don't know if they're going to, should they give them the end of the season? <laughs> um, I would want to know who the other options are. I'd want to know who's out there and available. Um, and I frankly wouldn't want to have, give myself time to give a deep dive into like who the up and coming smaller schools in the state <laughs> have. Um, yeah, because it's, like it's a process, isn't it? A couple of years ago, I thought like, Oh, the UTSA guy is building it up. And then like the last couple of years I've been like, Oh, I think Houston's in a better spot than that. Um, but the, like this, you know, you mentioned Texas state, you know, is that worth giving name, a look to? Yeah. Nope, um, name only year one, but still, I mean, he was, and he was a hot name at that level, you know, with incarnate word, what he built there. So it, that's a possibility. Trailer's another one I thought of down at UTSA. Um, I don't know because he turned down Tech two years ago, but it's something to watch out for. He's probably done all he can do at UTSA. Yeah. Um, my my worry is that if he came in and flopped, you'd have a lot of disgruntled people very quickly. because So Houston has beaten UTSA two years in a row. We've been cl- probably closer than they should be, but for a Power 5 program versus a, a, a UTSA program, right? But... Um, I, I got to say, though, that like I don't know how many coaches have come through Houston and gotten to lose to Rice and stick around very long, right? So yeah. like, at the end of the day, that some of that counts as well. Um, I'd imagine, you know how this goes, right? Someone gets thrown to the firing squad first. Um, right. And I, I'd imagine like that yeah. the defensive coordinator, um, just because 
we don't have an offensive coordinator. That's technically also Dana. <laughs> so, yep. Like, yep. Um, I guess he doesn't officially have that title, but you know, um, I if if there's some way that Aranda's not fired this season, um, what kind of a big change is Baylor going to make? That's the thing, man. I I don't know what it is. He's already uh, hired, fired, and rehired. Uh, offensive coordinator he has hired fired and hired a defensive coordinator who's also the special teams coordinator so he's had his he's had the chance I, I i link i think about um another old uh guy but tom herman in his last year at ut before the before that year or after the season before i guess he they basically said hey get rid of your staff bring in mm-hmm. another staff this is your last shot and everybody knows that right when when the yeah. whole staff's gone that this is this is it. If you don't pull up something big this year, you're done. And it didn't happen as dramatically for Dave Aranda, but you look at it and you're saying these are all his guys in the building. Um, you know, he he came in and, and he had Joey McGuire with him and got to keep a, a fair bit of a staff from from rules guys, which was pretty rare for a guy that went to the NFL. And then Joey took all those guys with him when he went to Tech. And so it, in the span of you know, a year there, they were basically all gone um, from this, from two regimes basically. Um, and so I, I just don't know what that other option is. If, it, if it's not firing Aranda, I don't know that they fire anybody. It's an interesting way to go about it too. Cause if, if they've already, it almost seems more ominous. If they've already yeah. done yeah. that move. Um, it, I, was I, a, it was a show me what you got year. He fired the defensive coordinator after last season, which everyone wanted the offensive coordinator out. So it's it's uh, put up or shut up time, and it has not gone well. It's not, not gone it's well. Been a, not, not a whole lot of putting up. It's not a saying. lot of putting up. That's right. That's um, you know, but not enough shutting up from me. <laughs> no, Houston's – so Houston's one of the few Big 12 new programs that has beaten an incumbent program, um, and that was on a Hail Mary versus West Virginia, although yeah, I maintain – they should have won that game earlier than that, but they did. They, you know, they count did. the same. They count the same. They count. We're not BCS anymore. This counts the same. <laughs> they do count the same. Yeah, very, very technically. Um, I've put a lot of weight in in this week for the Coug show on on this game because I feel like it. You know, Houston's got four games left. Making a bowl game would be massive, massive, massive for this program to get another month of practice. Frankly, uh, they have Central Florida and Cincinnati later in the season that are you would think like sized schools. Um, what kind of pressure is there before we get in the nitty gritty on this week's game? What kind of pressure is there going in this week for yourself? I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure for those who are still invested in this season, which, um, it's not everybody in the fan base. I mean, they can't expect much, especially with how we've played at home. It's been, it's just been awful, awful at home. And so it, I know in that building, it has to feel like that. Not the least of which being the reason being Mac Rhodes is in Dave's office and he wants to beat UH too. Right. And so it would, it would be a bad look on Mac if he comes in and, you know, second year or first year in the big 12 Houston comes in and, and beats his new place. So um, it's, it's big because I think while most of the fan base doesn't think they're going to make a bowl game um, and go three and one down the last four, they see one game that might be a win and it's this weekend. And so, and I know Houston's probably thinking the same thing, like you had kind of <laughs> just said. So, um, it, it really is that kind of pressure of, we don't expect much, but if you can't beat Houston or on the flip side, if you can't beat Baylor, what are we doing here? Kind of, kind of pressure, if that makes sense. 
No, there's a ton of pressure. <laughs> and if I don't know what to make of it, but if someone out there listening thinks they know what to make of it, I'd recommend going to FanDuel.com and figuring out where you want to put your money on that one because you can score early this football season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets for winning any $5 bet. You get $5 in your pocket right now. Do you have $5, Cameron? I do. Barely. But yes, five <laughs> ones. But yeah. Well, I don't want to ask about the ones, but if you take that $5 and take it somewhere, uh, put it down on whatever you think is going to happen in this game, and you're right, you can get $150 back. They currently have the line at three and a half Baylor's way. The over-under is set at 57 and a half, but you're looking at that money line. They got Baylor at minus 182 and Houston at minus or plus 150, I'm sorry. And if you go to FanDuel.com and put something on that $5, like Cameron's got on that money line, instead of wherever he's going to use those ones, uh, then you can win $150 back in bonus bet money. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the season. FanDuel, America's number one sports book. All right. I mentioned the line is three and a half. Three and a half. That is super close for, yeah. <laughs> for these two programs. Um, I want to focus though on that over under because I think three and a half is nearly a pick 'em. It's not quite a pick 'em, it's nearly a pick 'em. Um, 57 and a half feels, I, because of the way we both talked about our defenses this, this episode, yeah. um, feels low, does it not? It, it does. In fact, when I first thought about this game, just before looking at any numbers, I'm like, these two teams stink. This is gonna, this is gonna be a rock <laughs> fight, right? This is gonna be a, a twenty three to twenty maybe. And then I look and, and I'm thinking, well, you know, our defense sucks, so hopefully it's twenty three twenty. And then I look more and I'm like, well, both these defenses suck. And the thing too is, you know, you don't have two of the best quarterbacks in the conference or anything, but they're two quarterbacks who have played a lot of football and mm-hmm. can make plays. So I, I kind of lean towards the side of experienced quarterbacks versus inexperienced and bad defenses um, in defensive backfield specifically. So I look at that and say, maybe, maybe that is low. I could, I could see this just getting into a, a wild vintage big 12 game that the people at college game day still think is the big 12. Um, (laughs) This could be like a, a 36, 33, like, like the West Virginia game. I mean, it could just get nuts. Yeah. The West Virginia game was nuts because, there was barely any score for three quarters, and then both teams put up like twenty pieces in the Anemic. fourth. Um, and and it was a Thursday night. I mean, put it in my veins. It was awesome. <laughs> West Virginia on a Thursday night is the most one of the most dangerous teams in the country. So that's Completely. a big signature win. Complete one. It's 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 Dana's whole life. That's been Dana's for sure. whole life. That's why it's sponsored by Red Bull. Um, by the way, Dana. My favorite quote that I heard from him was. Uh, it was that week and someone was like, this has to be bulletin board material for West Virginia. And it was a quote from Dana saying, I don't, if we want to win the way we want to win here, I'm not recruiting kids from West Virginia. <laughs> I'm like, you, the man tells the truth. I mean, well, come on. You want to recruit kids from West Virginia or want to win football games? Oh, but that's it's ultimately great, right. Completely where then the West Virginia quarterback, when he thinks he's won the game is like, yeah, and went the stand like, like, because you know, all of that was oh, bubbling was up it, all over West Virginia sideline. It was Only one of the be, great college football games of this yeah. season. But, but I that's know the you've fun of that for sure. That's the fun of this. And frankly, this is somewhat of a sidebar. I wish Baylor and Houston were having more fun years because yeah. the fans and listeners for, that were around in the 80s and 90s remember this as a very different rivalry, sure. right? And frankly, I don't, your Baylor Bear fans might not want to hear this. There's a lot of Houston folks that really are you know, very anti Baylor because of the way the big 12 thing went down. Right. Like they still hold on to that. Right. Thank and you, so Ed. if they were both good football teams, getting to actually have some like 
vitriol all putting together towards a meaningful game um, yeah. in the big scheme of things. Obviously, it's meaningful to both coaches and their jobs and the schools or whatever. But it, it would have been, I think, a little, little bit more fun. I, I'm i going to put a prediction out here. Okay. I think Houston wins. I think Houston wins um, like a 42 to 38. I think it's high school. Okay, scoring. we're getting nuts. Um, and I think the truth is that my my defensive line's the difference. Um, they make one or two key plays in the second half. Cam closers. I'm imagining you're flipping the script on that one a little bit. I'm, I'm interested to see why. Yeah, I'm going to because you know you know why I'm doing it, Parker. Because I'm a sucker. I just I really <laughs> am. Every week by Wednesday or Thursday, I just talk myself into Baylor winning the game, and most weeks I'm wrong, but. <laughs> I just I just think they can do enough offensively. There has been flashes, if not whole games, where the offenses look good the last four weeks, with one exception in there. They sucked against Tech all the way around. But there were some flashes last week, even in a bad game against Iowa State, that this defense was still or the excuse me, the offense was still moving in the right direction. And so I think kind of the way you're saying it, I think they're just making enough plays. Like, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing strategic that I think either team is just going to beat the other one into submission with. I think it's just going to come down to making enough plays. And it reminds me, this matchup on paper reminds me a lot of the one we had with Cincinnati two weeks ago, which was exactly that we outlasted them. We were up two scores, let them back into it to make it a 32 29 game. And that that's the final, you know, it's, it's not pretty, uh, it's not the best red zone offenses in the world, but Baylor gets it done. So I think that with with Blake Shapen's accuracy this year, just through his first pick of the season last week, um, I think that gets Baylor over the hump. I'm thinking like a similar high scoring, but like 38-33. So I got to ask, we're both going so high scoring. Yeah. But Vegas has this as two two teams in the 20s. It's going to be 19 to 14. Because we're doing <laughs> like, are yeah. we are we just dumb like what's happening there? What what are we We're either there? too smart for our own good or we're really dumb. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know. I I've seen this defense play week in week out and I just I can't see them holding a team under 20 points. I just I just don't see it. And I've seen Donovan Smith play before. Again, not a ton this year, but I've seen him play before. And so I just see two incompetent defenses out there. That's why. That's why. Well, and again, it'll be like I said. I think I think ultimately our defense line makes a player too, but I I see a quarterback that's very accurate. I see a receiver that's really fast. I see a, a troublesome combination. I just I don't know how this game stays below sixty, let alone the fifty-seven and a half. I just I don't get it. Um, over. When we're wrong, and people want to tell us we're wrong. Where can people find you at? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you can find me. I mean, they love doing it, the at Locked on Baylor. But at Real Cam Stewart, which is S-T-U-A-R-T, um, I like to think I'm funny. So it's not just sports tweets all the time. Um, a lot of them are disingenuous. Please don't take me too seriously. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, if you're in, if you're even if you're a UH fan here in the Central Texas area, um, me and Drake Toll does Locked on Baylor co-host a show even though it's called the drake toll show um on espn 1660 <laughs> weekdays from 12 to 2 where we're talking a, a lot more general big 12 than than just baylor and also if you're you know rangers fan and their season might be over by the time this drops i, I know parker's a big rangers fan uh, but <laughs> cowboys and things like that um we, we talk about that too but that's that's the best place to find me yeah and parker um, for my guys where can we find you 
Oh, I'm at Painsworth five one two P A I N S W O R T H five one two on all different social media platforms. I don't call it X. I, uh, Mama called Twitter. I call it Twitter. But all the different formally things. Known as Twitter. Yeah, formerly <laughs> known as Twitter. I still get those when I get an email from Twitter. So that's formerly known. Um, I will say that I got a, last question before we get out of here. How'd you let Drake name the show after himself? I don't know. Some Drake's telling the people that it's filling their idea heads with ideas that it was my idea. I just. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't have enough to say in that one, but he was like, I need an uncancelable name. I'm going to call it the Drake Toll Show. You know what it's like? Uh, it's like the band Daughtry. Remember Chris Daughtry in American yeah. Idol? He doesn't win, but he comes out and he's like, hey guys, you're going to be in the band. We're just going to be called me. Okay. That's essentially what Drake did. He just walked in, named the show after him. And I, I have to live with that. It's my cross to bear. <laughs> the cross isn't bearing in Waco and all that. I'm, I'm going to it. it. You know, something's never changed. <laughs> Ever. On that note, thanks for making Locked On Cougs or Baylor your first lesson today. For a second lesson, go listen to Drake at Locked On Big 12. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And I'm going to raffle with Go Cougs. Y'all say Sikkim? I'll that... say Sikkim Bears, yeah. <laughs> go Cougs. <laughs>